Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode, number six of Flip It or Skip It, we'll be talking about vinyl record albums. Oh, we sure will. I love me some vinyl. I've been collecting vinyl since I was a kid. The very first record I ever bought with my own money uh, was 1961, was an Elvis 45 titled Follow That Dream. There was an Elvis (laughs) movie by the same name, and this was the title song. And since I was a newly minted teenager, I had to have some records. So I got that, and I was hooked. I was hooked from the beginning. I spent my money on records constantly, whereas just a few years before, I spent all my allowance on comic books. Now I made the switch (laughs) to records. I've never looked back. I mean, now I've got so many things. Every time a new format comes out, I rebuy. Really? Uh, You know, yeah, I've got some of the same things and and vinyl and CD and got eight track tapes and cassette tapes and old 78 10 inch shellac records. And mm-hmm. got a lot of stuff that's been accumulating and accumulating is really the word because I wouldn't say necessarily that I'm a record collector. I just accumulate a lot of records. There's no rhyme or reason. I buy what I like. I'm a musician, so I, mm-hmm. I like a lot of different stuff. If it's done well, I like it. I don't care if it's country or classical or or uh, bluegrass or jazz, big band jazz. I've I've got them all. I've even got Western Swing. Oh, my God, Wayne. I mean, we're talking borderline hoarder here. <laughs> yeah, tell that to my wife. I just like it. Uh, I, it. I've had some some good experiences uh, flipping albums, but I think that there's a symbiotic relationship between record collectors and successful record flippers because you know what people are buying mm-hmm. and what they're looking for. It makes it easier to sort through all of these things. Right. How, how about you, Dana? Do you remember what your very first record was that you bought with your own money? Um, yeah, it would have been a 45 and Mm -hmm. I loved, um, I was in choir. Um, Mm -hmm. I was actually born in 61. So while you were buying records, I was, (laughs) I wasn't (laughs) quite, I wasn't quite into them yet, but in the seventies, it was the Carpenters. I loved, yeah, yeah, Yeah. top of the world. I can still Uh remember playing Uh top of the world and I love to sing it. I love to sing the Carpenters. Uh-huh. So being in the choir and we would sing all of those Carpenter songs. So Carpenters was what I was into. And then, of course, Rolling Stones oh, yeah. and The yeah. Doors and uh-huh. Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. I had all the Pink Floyd albums and The Doors hmm. and The Stones. <laughs> yeah. so, but Interesting. I never kept them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I did because when I, during the Beanie Baby craze, as my Beanie Baby inventory started slowing down, I learned about record albums. And that's when I met my husband, who was already into music. And Mm -hmm. I was able to um, flip records very 
fast and they were right. fun to go into the thrift stores and mm -hmm. thumb through them because they were never picked over. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. But like right. they are now. <laughs> like they are now. Yeah. Yes. So it's hard to spot a good record album. Well, as with comic books, the, I think that the common perception is that vinyl records are all gold. Mm. And they're not. No. Just like comic books, there are some that are good and some yeah. that aren't. And I have criteria. When, I, when I'm out looking around, I'll look for two kinds of records. I'll look for uh, vinyl albums that kind of represent... Oh, I guess you'd call it the soundtrack of my life, the music that I grew up with, the groups mm -hmm. that I like. And those are those are my keepers. But for flipping, I look for obscure groups. Right. Uh, there is, and since we're in the service of serving our listeners, yes, <laughs> I'll go ahead and, and offer this tip. There's a, a book titled uh, One Hit Wonders, which is about uh, bands that had top 10 hits, big hit records, and you never heard from them again. Mm -hmm. And those things are rare because there were hits. There were a lot of them pressed, right. but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a lot of them around because when people are out looking for records to flip, they're attracted to the big names. Right. The names they recognize and labels they recognize, that sort of, they don't know who it is, the perception is, well, nobody else is going to know these people either. What I like about One Hit Wonders, too, mm -hmm. is you can um, discover who's in some of these early groups. For example, mm -hmm. uh, do you remember the group, uh, sort of folk rockish group called Seals and Crofts? Oh, yes, of course. Okay. They had some big hits. Uh, do you remember the 50s? Early '60s instrumental song called Tequila, da 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 da. Tequila, okay. Tequila. Seals and Cross were in that band. Funny, I did not know that. Uh, if you if you know the personnel in all these bands, that's another good collecting wow. method and flipping method. Is is you just put together a series of records that these guys were in. I see you shaking your head there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's those little niches that bring top dollar yep. in any kind of collection. And it's people that are knowledgeable who collect that kind of thing. I love to look for those. Well, personally, I I agree with you on, on the... Uh, I like the odd. Like, mm. record albums through the 23 years that I've been selling on eBay, I've noticed they leveled out to where they wouldn't sell like they used to, like a lot mm -hmm. of things, but they started picking back up. Mm -hmm. So I started realizing that if I picked up a belly dance record that had mm -hmm. belly dance kind of music, mm -hmm. or if you found um, usually jazz sells for me, in my experience, mostly jazz will sell is like a sure thing. Now, back in the day, I met someone online. I was someone contacted me and they happened to mention that they had some record albums that their DJ um, friend had just passed away and they lived in Maine. And would mm -hmm. I be interested in buying these records? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm in Florida and they were DJ copies. So I'm sure you're familiar. Right. Anything oh, sure. that's a sure. white label right. promo DJ right. copy is going to be pretty good odds for sales. Mm -hmm. 
And I contacted the guy and said, yeah, I was interested. So I started calling transport truck services to try to pick them up. And it was going to be quite pricey. And then my husband said, let's have a road trip. So we loaded up, um, him and I, and we drove from Florida, Ocala, Florida, to Bar Harbor, Maine. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) I had never, never even heard of Bahaba, but... (laughs) and then we got to know each other and comfortable a little bit and then we followed him to his apartment Mm -hmm. which was on the third floor of stairs (laughs) (laughs) and yeah my husband and i were like no no this is crazy so we had to walk up three flights of stairs and carry close to five thousand record albums that's a lot of records. And they filled the entire back end of his um, Ford Explorer. We had to actually go buy a piece of plywood to put behind our seats because the, the shifting of mm-hmm. going down the hills mm-hmm. <laughs> and up the hills. Mm-hmm. It took us, um, we spent several days driving home. That man ended up giving them to us for nothing. You're because kidding. We got them for free because he said, if you're going to drive here and go to all this trouble, you can have them. Wow. So we were like shocked, but I still, we still gave him a hundred dollars. We gave him a hundred dollars. He actually did not want to take it. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to slip him money. Finally, we, we left him with a hundred dollars. And then once we got home, we turned our garage into uh, a record Mm-hmm. A record store and started mm-hmm. separating and right. the first three records we made we cleared two thousand dollars and that was exactly how much our trip cost wow. that we had spent was two thousand wow. dollars so the rest was profit what were these three records the the first ones that we sold were were dj ones and i honestly can't remember what what those exact ones were but what mm-hmm. comes to me is we came across um, a jazz singer called Ann Saxton. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's Sexton, S-E-X. Sexton. Right. Sexton. And if you look her up today, um, she still sells pretty well. But we mm-hmm. did, we had three copies of those, and they sold back to back 700 and something, 600 and something, 300 and something. And right. it was just like, boom, boom, boom. I wish we had a truckload of those. But those were sealed. So there you have it. Sealed record albums are definitely going to bring, you know, more money. Oh, no doubt about it. I'll tell you what, this is a good spot to stop for a quick message from our sponsor. Hold tight. We'll be back in about 30 seconds. Hey, eBay sellers. It pays to know what you've got and what it's worth. That's why you need WorthPoint. WorthPoint.com is the world's largest resource for pricing antiques and collectibles with millions of items, photos, and sold-for prices. With their free mobile app for iPhone and Android, you can carry the power of WorthPoint right in your pocket, wherever you go. For a 7-day, seven 7-look-up seven free trial, go to worthpoint.com. So the records that you had early success with were sealed. Of course, most records aren't. Right. So when you uh, and your husband go searching through stacks and boxes of of records, how do you sort them? How do you analyze what you should flip and what you should Mm -hmm. skip? 
Well, you can still, I know a lot of people think they um, hit a gold mine when they have Elvis or right. or even the Beatles. Or, right. you know, they'll think, oh, these are worth millions because I, I read about it. I saw it on the road show or I mm -hmm. read about it in a, in a collector's book that this is worth millions. So let's put it on eBay and make millions. Right. When in fact... <laughs> There were too many made, or right. we have to go buy the current market value on mm -hmm. eBay. You can't right. go buy those collector books or the shows right. or right. word of mouth. You have to right. do your own research, and that is to put the title in the search bar at eBay and on WorthPoint and put highest price first and sold right. and take a look at what it has been recently selling and mm -hmm. what has been selling through the trends of worth points. So if, mm -hmm. if I find that even though Herb Albert hasn't been selling, but if I notice that he has started to sell and if there are only a few of them listed, then I would probably list them. Right. But if there are thousands of him <laughs> listed, right. You know, and there is down to 99 cents, then it's not something you want to mess with. So mm -hmm. Frank Sinatra, um, you know, the common the common ones will be good only if they have that rare label, which right. could be right. international or um, a rare like a sun label from Johnny Cash sometimes is is better than um, an RCA label. On Johnny Cash. Mm -hmm. So you have to just, you know, do your research because those earlier labels are better. Collect and are serious collectors. Right. Uh, the difference between someone like that and, say, me, who is more of an accumulator than, than a collector, uh, is collections have themes. They have focus. There are, mm -hmm. are folks who collect just Beatles memorabilia, mm -hmm. right. for example. There are people who collect particular labels or particular artists and that just gives focus and structure to a collection collections are almost always worth more as a collection if it's a properly cataloged collection they're always worth more as a collection than they are if you sell them one at a time this is true i know at one point when i would do my research through our records because over the years we bought out estates of records as well right. the last one that we bought we actually had to purchase a, a a trailer and the trailer is still in my driveway but we purchased a trailer so that we could haul home all of the records and this particular collector collected records from what i call the dark side they <laughs> they were Music that I would never listen to. And it mm -hmm. was screaming, yelling, music that was underground music. And they sold like hotcakes. So really? they these this is music that I didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. I did not even know that there was a, a, a culture of underground music. But mm -hmm. that falls into the area of you talking about the unknown the unknown and right. and boy were we happy we invested in the unknown that day oh i can imagine what do you think about spoken records have you have you flipped any of those uh i never have i've collected a few mm -hmm. um you mean like comedy records and sure comedy records and war of the world's um radio show records right 
I haven't. I haven't flipped any of them, but I do have some in my collection. Oh, good. Yeah, no, yeah. I think they're fun to listen to. They're they're all over the place, just like with a lot of types of vinyl. You you know you have to do your research first. Let me ask: when you guys are out shopping for records to flip, mm-hmm. how do you analyze the record itself? Well, when I'm looking at a record, and if I I discover on my research because I don't I don't buy anything without using my my phone or my iPad mm-hmm. to look it up, I'm going to pull out the record itself and hold it under the light and look for mm-hmm. scratches, right? deep scratches. So right. if a few scratches, if they're surface types, you know, mm-hmm. I may still pick it up if it, if it has good odds of a sale. Mm-hmm. But if right. it has deep scratches and people don't care about the cover, it's it's the the quality. The usually the hint is if it's in that inner sleeve. So if it's in its inner sleeve, that that's a clue that the person, the original owner, might have taken better care of it because they right. went to the time, they spent the time to put it in that inner sleeve. My rule of thumb is if I can if I can feel. Mm-hmm. The scratch with my finger, then perfect. It's no good as a record. That's it. Uh, but little scuffs and and yep. that sort of thing. Goldmine Magazine, which is dedicated to record collectors, uh, has a collecting guide and collecting standards. Great. Mm-hmm. We talked about sure. that a couple yes. of episodes ago with comic books, and it's a nine-step grading system. Uh, and as with comic books. It's yep. it's uh, subjective to a point, but it still it gives you a place to start. It does, you know? and it's it sometimes it is about opinion, right? And that's why when you're listing it on eBay, especially, you have to have good photos. And right. I'm a firm believer in every photo is like a closer on the mm-hmm. deal. So the more right. photos, the better. Right. And you can hold your phone or your camera sideways and at an angle and get photos of those scratches and that condition and get photos of um, the center disc because collectors can tell by how many times it's been placed on Mm -hmm. the record player by the hole in the center. Right. Whether it's round or not. That's a giveaway. So true collectors have the eye and they can grade them. Right. So you it's okay, just like with comic books, it's okay to list that and mark it ungraded and then give it your absolute best description. Has a few right. surface markings. It's a good idea to own a record player and test it for skips. Right. It is a good idea to avoid oh, returns. Yeah, absolutely. Uh in fact I can't stress enough the the, the necessity for having a record player if you're going to deal in records because yep. there are some things you, you go out uh records that have been kept in a garage or a storage unit or something like that they'll warp if they've been stored if they've you know leaned to the side uh, <laughs> uh you know there's just so many different ways that, that a record can warp and sometimes it's very subtle and you can't tell until you put it on a turntable and watch it go around mm-hmm. and watch that wobble. And then number you know nine, that number exact, nine, number exactly. nine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you, John Lennon. Yeah. Um, 
you just need you need a way to to decipher what the record's going to do, and and so many things are just not uh, visible. Uh, I I have trouble analyzing records in a lot of antique stores because mm-hmm. the lighting's awful. Yes, true. Uh, I mean, there's. I think everyone who owns an antique store or an antique mall <laughs> should go take a course in, in merchandising. <laughs> Lighting is critical. Uh, so I'll pick some things out and then ask one of the clerks to go outside with me while I look at them in the sunlight so I nice. can see what's actually going on. That's a good point. Pictures should be taken outside in the sunlight. Right. Yeah. Lighting is essential especially a valuable record album, have a wonderful point about the natural light. Will Seiple motto is buy in bulk, sell one at a time. And that's what you did with your person up in Maine, where, mm-hmm. where you bought a lot of records uh, and you were able to, to sell them yes. uh, quickly. A good point is when you buy in bulk and you start, you start, you know, like I'll have people call me and say, oh, I've got, I just inherited, you know, grandma's record collection. And I tell them, okay, get to your computer. You have to look them up one by one. You have to. So you research one by one and then make the decision of what's worth listing, what's not. And you can also get a couple other boxes ready and start separating them by types of music, country, rock. Right. And then you can box lot those. So you Mm -hmm. can always put them on an auction or a quick flip for Mm -hmm. um, a reasonable price and get rid of them in bulk by the sound of music by the category. As a flipper, I'm not going to want to go through records that have already been picked through. It's just if someone even calls me as a consignment seller and they'll say, hey, I've got, you know, granddad's collections. And I'll say, oh, is anybody taking a look at them? Oh, yeah, we had this auction house come over. They picked out a few. Okay, well, never mind. (laughs) Right, right. So once they've been picked, in my opinion, I really don't want to waste my time to go through them. But if they are fresh and they haven't been looked through, I think that there's a lot of opportunity on how Mm -hmm. to get merchandise. The biggest fear that people have for getting started that scares them off is the shipping. And really? shipping is is like the fear factor of putting the brakes on for selling on eBay. And it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And with record albums, for example, in my opinion, record albums are one of the easiest, next to books, easiest right. things to ship. Right. And people fear that they're going to break or, you know, but there's so many opportunities for buying proper packaging material right. that is such a low investment to your bottom mm-hmm. line, like mm-hmm. Uline. Have you ever bought? Oh, yeah. Oh, Uline yeah. has box, boxes, packaging material for record right. albums. Right. So I've got a closet full of them. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of shipping, vinyl records are are pretty flexible. That's That's one of the best features of vinyl records. The best thing to have is access to online resources like eBay or or worth point true where you've got the a body of information that's that's good enough to be able to research and to come to some conclusions about what you've got what you should pay for it when you buy it what you should sell it for when you sell it it levels the playing field it does and the bottom line is money can be made selling 
record albums selling 78s. And again, it's all about the research. Okay, so uh, does this inspire you to go out and start picking record albums this weekend? Every time we do an episode, Wayne, I get the bug again. You know, it's like <laughs> I want to go shopping or I want right. to go online. Um, I want to get a new face mask and <laughs> and right. go look for record albums. Well, we've come to the end of episode six, and I hope you were inspired by our stories and and that you learned something from the from the tips that we offered. What do you think, Dana? At the, at the risk of sounding uh, like a wise guy, how would you spin the episode? <laughs> well, I would I would spin it as a success. Listing mm-hmm. and flipping and buying and selling record albums can be a lot of fun and it can be challenging. So I would encourage everybody to challenge their skills and take what you've learned today and go spin some record albums and flip them. Hey, that works for me. Good advice. Thanks, Dana. And I'll look forward to seeing you again next week. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint.